0: And welcome to the Met Up Podcast. Hi, I'm Christian Shabu. Well, Van Dijk. Lamar Wamba, what up? And thank you all for joining us this week and every week as we dig into culture, current events, and our own events, and as we redefine manhood and masculinity so that all of us, however you identify, can thrive. Now, before we get into today's episode, we'd like to ask you to listen, and if you get a level up, please continue to support us with those reviews, that feedback, those five-star ratings if we've earned it so that we can continue to spread the good word throughout our communities. All right, y'all. So here in season four, we have been starting off each and every episode with shots of hope. So if you've been with us from the beginning, if this is your first time listening, you should know three things about us. Number one, we don't think of ourselves as experts, but we are guys committed and ready to doing this work. And number two, in doing this work, we are committed to both looking forward and thinking about how do we make progress, but also identifying the progress of now. And finally, as a team, we find a lot of joy and got our start in talking all things basketball. So this is why we are starting off with Shots of Hope, where we tell quick stories, things that are keeping us motivated, hopeful, inspired, that we are seeing around redefining manhood and masculinity in our daily lives. So I'm going to take a start here. Uh, and something that I saw recently was with the premiere of the Disney Plus show Moon Knight, which stars Oscar Isaac. Uh, Oscar showed up, uh, if you're into fashion, showed up uh, in a full blazer jacket, but then also a full-length skirt. Now, that might not seem significant, but what I love about that is when men who are uh, often identified as like the epitome of manhood, masculinity, of you know starring in certain roles and movies and things like that, when they can sort of subvert our ideas of what manliness and masculinity can look like in our clothing and in other things that we often identify as like cultural markers of what it means to be a man, I really like that. I really appreciate that. And I think that it can actually start some really powerful conversations.
1: Been watching a lot of NCAA basketball recently. And, um, and there's this, uh, I would say trend, uh, many different corporations have embraced, I think, uh, female sports, basketball and swimming. There's one particular commercial that is, uh, essentially, forty percent of all athletes are female, but they only get ten percent of media coverage. And I think that they're engaging in ways uh, with facts, and you know, uh, using things like uh, women's soccer as a, an example of equal pay for you know, sort of that standard. And, and, and I, I think it's, I it, it's at least had an impact. Maybe more so than in past years, just seeing the the constant. Um, messaging which is again truthful and fact-based and and sort of uh, realizing I know we're going to talk a lot about sort of um, sports and and female sports in particular in 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 upcoming episodes and things like that but just being uh, uh, so relevant and so um, uh, important right now in terms of how uh, women's sports are being uh, portrayed in the in the media sphere, I, I, I'm I'm actually met with a lot of hope that we can sort of level that playing field um, and make sure that uh, you know we're getting closer to equity when it comes to how we're how we're seeing those those sports and how we're you know how 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 we're supporting them.
2: Yesterday, I got a a meme, um, and the meme was telling a story about a father and son, and uh, son was asking his dad for money. And the dad was kind of getting frustrated because he had just got home from a long day at work and didn't want to be bothered. And uh, the kid was like, yeah, I need $50. Um, and the dad was like, well, why? Like, you don't, you don't need the money. Like, you have everything you need, um, this and that. So the kid, like, kind of gets sad, goes to his room. Dad sat down for a minute, thought about it like, huh, well, maybe he needs the money for something. Uh, let, me, let me go actually have the conversation I should have had at the beginning. So he goes into the kid's room and he asks him, he's like, you know, how much money do you have? And he's like, well, he sees him because the kid pulls out some money. He's like, oh, well, I have enough now. I have enough now to get what I need. Um, At the very beginning of the conversation, the kid had asked his dad, like, how much money do you make an hour? And dad was like, I make $100 an hour. He goes like, all right, well, now I have 50 more dollars that you gave me to have $100 an hour. So now I can buy an hour of your time. Um, and so it was uh, exactly, exactly. So it was like, it was a really interesting story, short story to read on the internet because obviously like the internet can be a very cynical place. It can be a very critical place. Uh, and to see a story like that, like it hit me and I was like, damn, I sent that out to like all my boys. Like I sent it out, I was going to, I didn't send it out to y'all because I was going to talk about it, but like I sent it out to all of these dudes. And I'm just like, this is what, this is what the man used to be. And now we're just calling upon you to be, as my boy Taysu said we need to be EQ and we need to be execute, you know, executors. We need to be providers and we need to be in tune, emotionally connected, and available for our families as well, um, which wasn't always the case before. And So I just thought that was a really cool story to share. And that made me and men around me think differently about how much time they commit to work, how they show up for their families and what the pandemic probably really taught us about what matters the most in our lives.
0: This season, we are focused on the urgency of now. What are the topics? What are the ideas of manhood and masculinity? And why is it important for us to be doing this work right now? So Lamar, I'm going to kick it over to you. What are we focusing on today?
2: Over the last year or so, um, I've been getting videos dropped into my Facebook feed uh, around from from two different podcasts, from uh, one, uh, Kevin Samuels, podcast. And I don't know if it's a podcast as much as it is like a a online YouTube web show. Uh, And then also the Fresh and Fit podcast. Uh, And both of these podcasts are essentially trying to give men uh, an idea on how to attract, get what they want, not only out of life, but uh, out of relationships and women. The challenge is, is that on the way to doing this, There's been a lot of insulting of women uh, over the phone. There's been a lot of insulting of women to their face. There's been a lot of demeaning of women um, and trying to build up men. Um, And and that's just, that's a a problem. Like it's just a fundamental issue that I have with those types of podcasts. uh, And also they're gaining wildly in popularity, which also then means that they are influencing the young men Uh, to believe that this is how you should be as a man. And so this topic in this area is really going to be talking about the manosphere. So there are four groups that have like really become like the mainstays of the manosphere. Those groups are men's rights activists, which are like advocating for political changes uh, that will benefit men. There are men going their own way, men going their own way, which is, Uh, the belief that women are so toxic that men should avoid them altogether Uh, and they'll date women but they will avoid anything serious like getting married men going their own way there are pickup artists pickup artists uh, teach men seduction strategies uh, so that can be more successful in attracting women Uh, but a lot of this and this is probably where uh, Kevin Samuels and also the Fresh and Fit podcast kind of get in is that like because I have these skills, because I have money, because I have this car, because I live this lifestyle, I can now pretty much do and say to a woman what I want to get what I want, right? Um, and then the last is called involuntary celibates, or also known as incels, uh, that believe they're entitled to a relationship with a woman but are incapable of finding a partner. And so those are kind of like the four arenas that the manosphere makes up. I'm opening up the floor to to the servers and the gentlemen's. And let's let's get after
0: it well i'll just start on the top end here that there's just so much bullshit out there um yeah like top, the, off the top, just, off, the top. Just off the top like if you don't listen to anything else take <laughs> that away this idea the manosphere these these groups that ultimately are looking backwards right like the, their foundation and the way that they talk about how men should show up in the world um, and what we should think about men is all looking backwards right is founded in something else even if they're even if the words even if their techniques whatever it is all you know forward facing like thinking about your future stuff their foundation is based in the past right and like we know throughout society let's just take it from the macro for a second anytime like ideologies are based in the past uh that does not go well there are a lot of groups out there that seek out uh men and women to be clear too like there, there are women that you know subscribe to and ascribe to some of these ideas from these groups too, right? And and in the way that they think about men, right? And how men should show up in their lives. Like there, there are these groups that are trying to make community uh, that are problematic, you know, in, in so many ways, particularly when we talk about manhood and masculinity. So yeah, that's part of the reason why we started men up because there's a lot of bullshit.
2: There's a reason why.
1: Immediately now, immediately now, <laughs> that's a clip from a Justin Bieber thing that he did with James Gordon once, but it's like a meme now on, on like TikTok and stuff like that. I think she points out just such a great point is that this is rooted in, in, in some artificial, uh, buildup of past experiences that are not relevant or, uh, beneficial to society. Uh, we are a more collective of a society than anything, and we do not need to continually individualize ourselves in our gender or in our sort of place in the hierarchy of society any longer. There needs to be a collectivism that exists amongst us all to build ourselves up better. And the men manosphere, Is rooted in individualism that is detrimental to progress uh, and 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 helping each other. It's it is not it is not a bridge to a better society. It is not those sort of things. We understand the challenges of identity to some people who have never been able to find their own identity, but to lead people further and deeper into this individual is just so disingenuous, it is toxic, it's bad, it's it's not the way out. So we talked about uh, in a previous podcast, we talked about loneliness. I think there's an inherent loneliness in trying to center your entire ideology on past, again, artificial visions of what a man should be i think there's a loneliness in some of that but they're they are searching for something but they are feeling alone and feeling like there's nothing
0: so much of this is based in that one man their relationship to women right or getting a woman or whatever it is right and and one that's like very like heteronormative very narrow in that way but two like is just based in my worth, my value is directly connected and pretty much just made up with my ability to go get and secure a woman, which again, is like all based in ideas of the past of like women as property. And, and that being like the sole thing that, or one of the sole things that gives you value. And it's just, again, to your point, it's like very individualistic, very problematic, uh, and ultimately not moving us forward.
2: What I consistently get from those podcasts or those, those mediums is that, a man's job should be one of a traditional sense which is my job is to provide protect and operate with high character and i think we can all probably get around yes like these three these three things are uh important to being a man uh, especially uh from a uh heteronormative perspective but also from a any family dynamic right like we would all agree like yes I want to protect George best George Black said it best. I want to protect, but I want to be protected. I want to provide, but I want to be provided for, right? Like I want to have high character, but I also want to be with somebody who also has high character. And so to think that, and this speaks to both of y'all's points to think that men don't need those things, right? is, Is speaking to a past life. Like we are literally speaking to like, why things sometimes don't work is because men are assumed to have to just bear the burden of whatever because they don't have feelings and there's no space for their feelings right uh and so yeah it, it, it definitely is a to me from a macro perspective is a backtracking of the way men need to be particularly going forward um with the story that i shared even at the very beginning of this which is like 30 years ago it was okay if a man worked 18 hours a day and barely saw his children because he was providing. And now it's just, it's just the expectation is not different. It has changed. It probably should not have been that way when it was that way. And now we're getting to a space where we know that those types of things have impact on your
1: greater life, family life, individual life, work life, when you are not engaged. I also want to just articulate the pickup artist component of this, which, uh, you know, I think we were talking a little bit about, but like, To give someone a set of direct and or, I won't call them strict, but uh, pretty defined principles to try and pick somebody up is, oh, so problematic to not, I mean, again, I've been happily married for 11 years. I've been in a committed relationship for the majority of 20. I it has been a long time since I've taken <laughs> anyone up so that's I want right, right. to this is coming from a point of view that is antiquated I guess right. in, maybe um, with that being said my again releve- my perception of the current movement based on my recent research of that in preparation for this is that it is, it is based on principles that are pretty firm in their direction. You're trying to establish a protocol of every interaction with another human being, having a plan that is, can only happen if certain things happen in order of things is is, is a recipe for disaster because you are building yourself up for failure every single time. Something doesn't go exactly to that protocol. And, and that is incredibly problematic. It's just inc- incredibly narrow of a scope. All of that strikes me as incredibly problematic when trying to find a match for your particular personality traits or somebody who you can be, you know, a partner to, and those sort of things. it, 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 it it's lends itself to being a one-sided decision, I guess is kind of what I'm getting at as well, which is, which is incredibly individualistic and, and, and problematic. I think to your point, like
2: it's really hard for me to understand how men who, and I don't know Kevin Samuels life. I don't know the guys from Fresh and Fit podcast. Like, I don't know. They come off as like bitter men and like, they've been like, they got hurt. And now they're like trying to like protect men against women. And here's how you do it. These three things. But it's like, why are you listening to a man who may or may not have what you want? Like you should be listening to a guy like Will, who has been in a committed 20 year relationship with children. And you know what I mean? Like on how to be a man and survive in that, in that environment, like, They should be listening to somebody like you, not some random person that they find on the internet that is appealing to you because they've got women that are like, you know, very attractive on and, you know, talking to them about these issues where they're like yelling at them and tearing them down and kicking them off the show to make you feel like, oh, this is how men show up. This is what we do. uh, Versus like somebody who actually finds that
1: problematic. What you've pointed out Lamar too is actions, not words. I have a body of work right. that speaks to the actions that I put into relationships that lead me to be, at least at this point in my life, things always can change, but at least this point in my life, having a very successful relationship with a, with one person for multiple of years through many trials and tribulations. Right. The other part is, is that, and again, I'm being a bit hip- hypocritical here because we're right now talking about it. We're using our words, right? But I'm trying to delineate and I think that that's what those other guys are doing to they're relying on their words not their actions do as I say not as I do is a, a classic phrase and these guys tend to just say the thing and expect people to listen to them while not showing the work that got them to that space or because it's not there
0: back to your one of the points you were making or questions you were posing earlier Lamar is like you know why would? You were essentially saying like, why would somebody listen to somebody like Kevin Samuels or or anybody else, right? If the thing that they want is something that like Will has and has receipts for, right? I think the reality is because those things get packaged really well, right? And they're really digestible. But the reality of that is that they're usually pretty intellectually and practically lazy, right? And so like, it's like, oh, you just do these three things and you'll get The woman of your dream, blah, 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 all this kind of bullshit, right? Like, but really, it takes a lot of hard work, right? And it takes a lot of hard self work, right? And this is something you and I have talked about, Lamar, in thinking about like, what are some workshops, coaching opportunities we might offer, you know, guys that we know in our community that are asking for the same things that so many guys are seeking out when they go to, you know, Fresh and Fit or Kevin Samuels or any of these other groups, right? Which is like, helping to understand how do I get the things I actually want in my life. And when you and I have talked about it, and I would think all of us would agree here, it like, it starts with a lot of that self-work, whatever, you know, past traumas you have working through that. If you go to therapy, we say it all the time, like that's some of that work, you know, doing a lot of that self-reflection, finding things that you are interested in on your own, that you care about on your own, that are exclusive of if you're trying to do that thing to get a woman or to get a partner, right? Like it's so much self-work, but that's hard work and it takes time.
2: I do want to dive into the term that comes up a lot in both of those spaces, but has kind of come up from the manosphere, which is the term high value man. Um, And it was defined by Kevin Samuels as you make $10,000 a month and you can make that last, you know, that's over time, three to five years. Uh, and he's not. He's what he said was is like this is not me. This is like the market dictating like what is high value, and I won't disagree with that. Uh, he said sustaining it over three to five years or more, having a network of other high value men, uh, being in a visible space or position of professional cloud power uh, on LinkedIn or people know, um, and then being useful or utility having a utility or being useful as uh, a guy and so as I look at like high value I'm like well I would definitely I've always thought this about myself but I would also I would always classify myself as as high value Um, but at the same time it doesn't provide me the space because I believe that I'm high value to devalue the relationships that I'm in devalue the women that I connect with Uh, and devalue people in general because society does hold up men that are rich. Society does hold up men that have money. Society does hold up large networks of rich, oftentimes white men, politicians, athletes in a way that the average guy probably doesn't get defended. So really, a lot of the men that even follow these guys are not even in the same position as some of the guys that they're giving advice to, which is also interesting to me.
0: Yeah, but that definition, here's the thing, right? Like it is identifying external security, right? Like if you hit these, what is it? Five things, six things, like it portrays that you are secure, you are successful externally. Except if you haven't done any of that internal work that creates that security, none of that shit matters, right? So like, so that's what
1: this work misses time and time again. It also centers as a transactional like assessment where there's I'm taking and you're giving or you're taking and I'm giving like, and that's how you're attaining more and more value. Whereas it's not identifying the collective existence of humans to be like, Hey, there's a lot of value in being a good person all out there without the transaction having to take place. Now you can, I I certainly believe that you certain levels of value come from giving and giving and giving and giving. There's a leadership principle that like you actually obtain more if you are highlighting the success of others over yourself, you become a better leader. When you elevate your teammates, you become a better leader to even your own higher ups and lead to more of your personal success by pulling your, your teammates up with you as an elevation of yourself. It, it, it becomes a principle of leadership very quickly on, if you're a good leader and you're you know, watching and minding, you know, being, being self-aware. Uh, uh, and, and so I think that that is, it seems like a theme that they're completely missing on because it is appearing as a transactional because I'm only gaining my value from making sure that I'm either putting other people down or, or trying to, you know, step on those who I deem weaker than me or, you know, in, in, in those sort of senses. So I I think there's a, a, just a misperception of how that high value is, is, is largely, you know, assessed or attained.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with, with anything that y'all said um, about it. And I think, um, you know, as I said earlier, trying to, trying to work this emotional intelligence piece into these types of conversations, because yeah, all this stuff that, that we just mentioned high value, man, like a lot of that gets you in the door, but does it help you maintain and keep valued relationships?
0: But, but it gets you in the door with who,
2: if, if you check these boxes, right? 10 K a month, three to five years, make it 10 K a month, high network of high value, man, visible utility. Like, I would argue that that like being that on the surface gets you in the door with a lot of things. Women, jobs, career, like it, it just on its on its own, on its surface, like a lot of people by default have respect for
0: that it gets you in certain rooms, it gets you in certain doors, right? Like, so if you're seeking out, if there's a certain type of, let's frame it, cause we've been framing this around a lot, this conversation around a lot, like men getting women, right? Like it gets you in the door with a certain type of woman, right? But that might not be like, if you haven't done that work to really understand like, what kind of, Will was saying this, what kind of partner you're looking for? What kind of person you're genuinely wanting to connect with? And you're subscribing to this idea of like, oh, it's going to get me in this door to this type of person. But really that's not the type of person that's for you or good for you. Then what was the point of getting in that room?
2: That makes sense. And and that's why I'm saying like, we are, we are the the three of us are operating from a place of humongous privilege, right? Because we get to operate in a situation that says like, well, these things are of our lives already. Right. And so, yeah, I do agree that, yeah, if, if I have these things and it doesn't get me where I want. But like if you don't have these things, it can easily be like, well, I want those things so I can get access to those things. Right. And so that that's all I'm saying.
1: I'm going to agree with Lamar here a little bit, too, though, that I think that they that The the the, the um, descriptive you know, characteristics of a high value man that you provided, Lamar, does allow you to get into any door almost. Uh, and and you do get to, you know, and so sort of a counterpoint to Shabu is like, yes, if you lean into the negative traits of the high value man, you are going to attract the people that, you know, are, are just interested in the superficial. If you use it to sort of counterbalance it, you can end up with A conversation with your superintendent about how to redefine school supply, you know, things, or you can use it in other ways that are relationship building, but positive. So I think that there's an inherent, but, but it is clearly in this community of the, of the manosphere being used for the negative connotations that come with the high value man. So like, there is an element to this that I do feel like uh, you can use the privilege of being that status.
2: Well, I think, that, I think what it goes back to is something that you both have mentioned. And Shabu, I think what you're saying is when, when you don't know yourself, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything, right? If you don't know yourself, then when you get on the internet and you see these guys were sitting around with pretty girls and people calling in and they're, they're literally doing their show, and we have to remember this as well to get more viewers, to get more followers, to get more likes, to make more money. End of discussion. Point blank. Period. Maybe they want to give some advice. You know what I mean? And I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question anyone's like core because you don't you don't really start something. Like we didn't start this to make money. If we end up making money, great. Right. So I I I, I will give people the benefit of the doubt that like they felt like they had a niche, they felt like they wanted to share something, so they created something, and then it just turned into something with a formula that they found that worked. And then they kind of blew it up based on the formula that worked. Then it became disingenuous. You know what I mean? And like giving that advice. So I think to that point, we have to remember that, like, that's what they're trying to do. And to an extent, like we would love to see more followers and more likes as well. And so we're all in that, but I mean, at the same time, like, I think to your point, discovering who you are is the, 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 the piece of this that goes untalked about on a lot of those
0: sites. Well, can I ask you a question actually?
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Cause because you've said it a couple of times and I think you're re- like, you're really good about creating space for opinions work that might be in contrast to ours. Right. Or it might be in contrast to your own beliefs um, or any of our beliefs on this podcast. Right. Like, and you've mentioned that like, you can appreciate their point of view, right. Whether it's Kevin Samuel's fresh and fit other, you know, groups that are, you know, somewhere in the manosphere, right. Like you can appreciate, you can see some value. Like my question is why, like, why can you appreciate it? And why, like, what is the value or or why is yeah. there value?
2: I don't know if appreciate the right word. Um, I believe that their opinion and their space is allowed to exist. Sure. So I'm just not in any position to be like, this is how it is. This is the end-all be-all. This is the way everyone should live. And so I just, and, and how I live my own life doesn't
1: allow for me to have to be that black and white. True, I'm not sure if this is where you're going with that level of question, but one element that I cannot ignore in, in, in the sum of this is that <clears throat> as a 1980s uh, uh, conservative might say, marijuana is a gateway drug to cocaine. Uh, this manosphere is a gateway drug to white supremacy 100% that door that door creaks open a little bit you peek inside and you're like fuck okay there's a couple of dudes who are high value males who are just like hanging out on one side and then you open that door just slightly and oh shit there's the white supremacists and it's right there on the on the other side of that so i just want to make sure that we contextualize a lot of that too, because that's where this community of men's rights of all of that sort of thing thrives and survives. There's a radicalization that can happen very quickly yep. by embracing this level of thought and this, this element. So like, I have to couch some of this conversation with that specifically, because it is it, just rampant in this community. And I know that, you know, not all, not everybody is white who like, is speaking sure. in these conversations and all that sort of thing
0: I just want to clarify and will I want to go then because you you had a really great you had a really great question leading into this episode to, to talk a little bit about I want to clarify that like the reason why I asked those questions of you Lamar is because I absolutely agree with you that like we need to create space for mm. for difference we need to create space for opinions views that are not our own right And the thing I always want to make sure is that we don't even if like we create space, say like you have the right to your opinion and all this sort of stuff. We also don't validate. Right. 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 And say that like this thing has value. Right. Because right. like I would say, quite honestly, like I can appreciate the idea that like, yes, if you ascribe to these things with a high value man, like, you know, that might get you in some doors. That is that is true for sure. Right. But like to give that any sort of outsized value and validate it. Sure. I think is to Will's point the slippery slope that goes into white supremacy that goes into these other uh, systemic structures that hold up a lot of our society
1: and hurt a lot of people.
2: Yep, I will not disagree with any of that.
1: So, Shabu, do you want me to ask my question? Yeah, yeah, ask the, yeah, buddy. Now that you've teed it up for the for the people and Lamar, you were still you were still uh, I think on break, but um, so I I mentioned to Shabu when we were um, uh, sort of warming up for this episode, I said, Hey, I think I've got one controversial question a little bit here, which is when you do research on the manosphere, everything is couched with some variation of the men's rights, men's voice, men's things, men's anti feminism, Yep. anti-feminism, you know, masculinism. I was, I was, I was running that term by him, which was, you know, again, things that are uh, at least linguistically, I will call it, linguistically adjacent to the Men Up. Are we flying too close to the sun with the branding around ourselves in this podcast, in this space? And so I just, I, I sort of, as I explored that, I said, it's worthy of conversation maybe, but I, 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 I posed it to Shabu before we started recording because I wanted to make sure that like he was cool that this is his idea this is some of his this is his space that he's and you know uh, opened us up to absolutely um and so I, I just found you know it to be uh, uh, pertinent for this particular episode
2: it is a fine line that we are walking um but also then it's just the name of a podcast but also it's a fine line that we're walking about, like, well, what does it mean? We get to define what the meta means. I think that if anybody takes eight minutes and listens to anything that we have to say, they would understand that what the name of the podcast means, Um, but if they don't take those eight minutes, they can interpret how they want to interpret it. And does that play well for us? I don't know if we're, you know, I don't, I
0: don't know. Lamar you mentioned this earlier when you said you know when you when you pushed at all against the Kevin Samuels podcast or fresh and fit when you offered some sort of comment that was like hey this is this is kind of out of ordinary or like start to ask questions right the response was like just a pushback it was no conversation it was just like a oh you you're terrible you're whatever right like and the reason why I appreciate this conversation and think that we should have it and continue to is like that is what we are ultimately about with the men up podcast and with men up is like this is about a conversation so if they're if we're not willing to allow for ourselves to be called into question then we're just being disingenuous right Right. and so from a from a historical standpoint with men up right like it, it came from a place when george and i were creating this like identifying that one of the most common things that we can remember hearing as, as boys, as young men, right? It's this idea of man up, right? Like, you know, you play sports, you play basketball, right? You man up, you man up on D, right? It's an individual effort, even though basketball team is a collective, right? Or if you're going through some emotions or things are going, it's like, oh, you just got to man up. You gotta get past those emotions. You just got to push through it, right? And so as we identified that, we, we identified to y'all's point, words have meaning, right? And, and that perhaps one of the things we could do to make a shift was to shift that idea of like, you have to man up, you have to individually do a thing on your own. And the idea that like collectively as men, we need to level up, which leads me into the second point, right? Which is that a lot of the time when it comes to uh, work that is done uh, with men in mind, like it has often fallen as much of social progress has in our world and in our country on women, right? And so there has gotta be some part of it that we are accountable for, we are responsible for, and thus taking action as a
1: collective. Bravo. There it is. Hey, I've got one last thing, too, because I do want to leave some advice, particularly maybe in the dating field, maybe just collectively, right? Give us your wisdom,
0: your, your successful
1: 20-year relationship wisdom. Come on, man. So an at-home test for everybody. Would you, most, would you mostly refer to yourself as someone who's smart, funny, athletic, kind? or would you identify yourself as a good son, a good brother, a good teammate, a good friend? The, the first is very, individual. well, I don't even need to give the context, but I will because here's why I think it's actually good advice. If you put in your dating profile that you are a good son and if you are a good friend, a good teammate, a, a, uh, a good brother to somebody, there are inherent traits in each of those descriptive words that sort of speaks to the things and the commitments to that relationship that I think speak to the partner that you might be seeking more so than I am funny. I'm athletic. I'm kind, which is self-descriptive words right? They're self-descriptive and they're individualistic. And so I think that you will find more success, perhaps, if you look at the things that you are good at that involve relationships than just singular traits.
0: There it is, folks. That is it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you are leaving with a level up and that you'll continue to join us throughout season four here on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, so please subscribe, review, and spread the good word so that all of us can redefine and thrive. We appreciate y'all. The Men Up Podcast is a Grinnin' Bear production. The soundtrack is courtesy of Mike McGinley Music and visual artwork by Viotti Design Studio. Video clips from each episode are edited by Joe Oliveri. The executive producer and editor on The Men Up Podcast is me, Christian Shabu. You can listen to us every week on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or by visiting themenup.com.